everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Mac Frederick, founder of Momentum. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success and significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should definitely, definitely be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast that I was just on. Download, subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, it was a pleasure. Today I was with Stacy O'Byrne and we had a blast. So check it out. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Mac Frederick. Mac is a college athlete turned entrepreneur currently serving as founder and CEO of Momentum Digital, which he started in 2015, which subsequently led him to being fired from Google. I'm excited to dive into that with him. <laughs> over the last five years, Mac was able to scale the agency to over 20 people and has worked with hundreds of small businesses. His entire mission is to provide digital momentum to small local businesses, who need it the most using Google and their other marketing partnerships. Mac also owns Phone Repair Philly. Now I'm really excited to hear about that. What Mac doesn't know is I'm from Pennsylvania as well originally. Oh. <laughs> now the number one electronics repair company in Philadelphia. He uses the businesses to showcase his digital skills around SEO, local SEO, and other various marketing services. He started this company in 2015 with $1,000 and grew it to four locations and 12 employees. Both companies are now over seven figures annually and have won numerous awards, including Philly 100 and the Best of Philly. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Mac. I've really had the privilege of really getting to know him and he's gonna bring a lot of value. This conversation is gonna be phenomenal. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your life, your business, your success, and your bank account to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with us to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Mac, thanks so hey. much for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> so am I. You know, rarely, rarely do I see people spotlight a huge F-bomb on their <laughs> bio, the F-bomb being 
I'll call it a failure, even though it doesn't sound like it turned out to be a failure. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. You got fired from Google. What happened? Yeah, I, I definitely got fired. And it's something that I didn't tell anybody for a while. I, I didn't tell anybody for a long time. And it wasn't until probably two, maybe three years later. It was something I hid, actually, from a lot of friends. You know, only my close family really knew. Mm-hmm. But it's something that happened and was detrimental at the time. So I was at Google. Um, you know, I went to Penn State. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10, 11 years now. You know, I got an entrepreneurship at Penn State and got recruited by Google just um, you know, due to my accolades and skill set, and I came on to their their Google Ads program as a consultant, and I was there for about a year and a half. And at the same time, I was running my own company. I had started another phone repair thing, just sort of part time. I I sold a phone repair company when I graduated from school, and then I got kind of bored with the nine to five at Google, so I started one on the side. And I was like taking phone calls and emails, and like kind of scaling that business during the nine to five. And I got told to chill out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So then I hired people to kind of run the day to day for that. And I also was part of a startup at the time. It's like a technology, like watch startup that was eating up some of my time too. And, and then, you know, I started talking with a lot of the small businesses who were running ads with Google and using me as their consultant with Google. And a lot of them were having problems unrelated to Google ads. They're having issues with their website, social media, you know, search engine optimization and I started referring them to a friend I knew who I was kind of training on how to do this stuff. And we started kind of working with them freelance on the side. And that just kind of blossomed into him and I, you know, both being entrepreneurs, let's start our own agency. And I got caught on a recorded line with a client, you know, sort of mentioning how we can help him with some other stuff. And, you know, that went up the food chain. I got brought in, got a voice recording. Yep, that's me. Pretty much got fired on the spot. I ultimately felt like I was doing the right thing by helping businesses with things that they needed that weren't relying on them spending money with Google. But I guess that goes against what I was hired for, which is to get them to spend more money with Google. So (laughs) that's what happened. And uh, I got fired and I was devastated at the time. I remember walking home. It was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it was negative 18 degrees out. And there was about a foot of snow on the ground. And I remember just calling my mom, just crying over the phone, just being so upset, not knowing what I was going to do next. And that's essentially what happened. And then, you know, I can talk through what what happened from there and how I got through it. Well, yeah. So, you know, sometimes what looks like a door closing really turns out to be multiple doors opening. It really just depends on the perspective that the person chooses to embrace, right? Exactly. And I thought of it as a failure at the time and Mm -hmm. maybe I should have handled the situation differently, even though I thought I was doing the right thing. But ultimately life is going to lead you if you allow it to where you need to go. And that's essentially what happened with me. Like I was never meant to even have that job because I was an entrepreneur and I applied at their places that weren't, um, as notable as Google. And I didn't get hired. And some of them gave me the feedback. They said, we're not so sure of you being a good security fit long-term based on like your entrepreneurial endeavors. You seem like you have a lot going on, but then Google, you know, I really prepped for all those interviews and, you know, all the ridiculous questions they answer in the interviews and, and got the job. But ultimately that's not where I was supposed to be, but in turn, it really did allow me to understand small businesses a lot more. 
and learn more about Google ads and SEO and really how just Google works in and out, which is what I use in my business today with momentum is, you know, utilizing those skill sets and expertise and, you know, tangible information to help other small businesses grow. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the recovery because, because, you know, you get terminated, you're walking through a foot of snow and 18 below, which really sounds like a story. You can tell your kids one day, you think it's hard. Wait till you hear how I got home from work, but you know, you're, you're at this choice point, right? Do I, do I become a victim of, of the circumstances I created and wallow in my pity? Or do I move from it and just thrive for, and step into what it is I'm supposed to do? So how did you recover from this? The first immediate things I did was I lived in a house. It was basically a frat house with a bunch of Google guys where we all got along and we're like three blocks from the office. And I was like, somebody go to bat for me. Like somebody have my back here, like get me the job back thinking like I still deserve this. I still want this. I've got nothing else to do. I'm stuck in Michigan. I've, I've got nobody out here. And, you know, they didn't necessarily want to put their reputation on the line. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the right call for that to happen anyways. But what's funny is when I was at Google, I, I started a, a phone repair company where I was taking the skills I was learning day to day about Google and applying that to the phone business where within a couple months, I got my website and my Google listing ranked at the top of Google. So my phone was blowing up, you know, like phone calls, emails, contact forms all throughout the day. So I had to hire somebody to like take those calls and messages. And I would meet people in my lunch break too, to pick up their devices, <laughs> drop off their devices. And it just so happened like a week before I got fired. I don't tell this story a ton, but um, this, this guy drops off his iPad and he's a local business owner, owns like a finance company in that area. And he was like, oh, you work at Google. That's so cool. Like I'm having an issue with my website. Nobody can find it on Google when they search my name. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. And, you know, after I got fired, I was like, I really need to approach this guy. Like maybe this is my first big opportunity to land like a solid client on my own, uh, you know, just through my own book of business and networking. And it turns out I came up with this whole presentation, this whole pitch, didn't know how to price my services or, or my, you know, value my time. But I was like, all right, within three months for five grand, I'll get you all over the top of Google. I'll fix your website and do all these different things. And it's funny. It's like having a deadline where it's kind of make or break for you. You're like, I need that money yeah. and I've got to do whatever it takes to figure out, you know, how to get his website to rank. So I learned more about Google and SEO from the organic like search engine optimization side in those three months than I have the rest of my 10 years combined. It was literally the biggest crash course, you know, <laughs> watching videos, reading blogs, reading books, getting on forums, trial and error, all these different things. And with three months, I got him ranked all over the first page of Google. He was getting a ton of traffic. And, you know, I worked with him for the, the next three years after that. And, you know, he was a reliable client. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I, I, I want to go back to, to something you said at the very beginning, you know, you went to your frat house and tried to rally all the guys to, to help be the voice to, to get you back in. When something goes wrong, when we get pushed outside of our comfort zone, our neurology seeks what, 
we're accustomed to, our comfort zone, our gray area. So it does everything it can to go back to it. When reality is success, change only happens when you're outside of your comfort zone and something really good has to happen to get you out of there or something really bad has to happen. And people get stuck in trying to get back to their normal when their normal doesn't exist anymore. And you really embraced with blind faith, stepping into realizing who you really were and were supposed to be. And albeit maybe out of a little desperation. Yeah. And I got to tell you, you came up with an alternative way to redefine yourself. And that's what happens with success. And so many people miss those opportunities because they refuse to allow themselves the flexibility to do it. The term liberation comes to mind for me because whenever it happened within the next two weeks, you know, I, I had the little phone startup thing I was doing. I was part of the watch startup, you know, technology company. Um, I just got fired from Google and I was trying to get into like marketing consulting all at the same time. So I had options, but I didn't have anything firm, you know, to stand on. And right at that same time, my, uh, the co-founders in the watch company, I'd taken a, a step back because I didn't like where the company was headed in terms of like the vision. Mm -hmm. And plus I was told at Google, like, Hey, kind of lay low with that stuff, you know, focus on your job. Mm -hmm. And so right after I got fired, the guys didn't even know yet, but they forcefully bought out my equity and it got ugly. We got lawyers involved and like, they bought out my equity in the company, which gave me a little bit of cash, but I was still upset because that's actually what I was going to start leaning on more than anything. Cause I'd been with that startup for the previous two years. And, uh, I was like, all right, so out goes Google, you know, out goes the startup. So now I have, you know, this marketing company that I could try to create, you know, this consultancy, plus I've got the phone thing, which is kind of like reliable cash right now. But then also at that same time, my mom contacts me and, you know, she had already known about the situation. She was like, I hate to hit you with more bad news, but I need you know, to get this off my chest, you know, she had just come down with breast cancer and was already going through treatments and was like hiding that from me for like the first month or so, just because she knew I was in a bad place. But she, she liberated me by saying, don't worry about me. Like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get through this. You focus on you because I believe in you. I know who you are as a person and you've got what it takes to succeed. So whatever you think is best, like just focus on what you want to do to make you happy. She gave you a heck of a gift. She really did. Yeah. So my question to you is, did you believe in yourself as much as your mother believed in you? Or did you have to borrow that belief to step into it? I believed in myself just because I actually took a pay cut to go work for Google. I was already making more money fixing phones in college. Wow. Nice. And so I knew I had what it takes just because I was never one for like school or class or anything. Like I've always been really good at networking and meeting people and like kind of selling myself and trying new things and learning on my own. You know, I'm not one to be stuck within a, a box with all these different rules and directions, which is what you'll have at like a corporate job, you know, a nine to five or anything like that. Like, you know, whenever you get into the real world of starting and running your own business, you do have these guidelines and principles and, and things you need to follow in terms of like, you know, finances and legal and all that but 
in, in the rest of the business, you can really be creative. You can try new things. You can be different. You can differentiate yourself in so many different ways. And so I knew I could make money with the phone thing, but it wasn't necessarily fulfilling in terms of like my passion. Mm-hmm. You know, the phone thing's always been like a way for me to get quick cash. And then when I was able to learn more about SEO and how to rank at the top of Google, like for anybody listening who has a local service business, like a phone or computer repair shop would be considered a local service business. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to figure out Google local and rank at the top of Google and like get a bunch of good reviews and a bunch of people calling you without paying for ads or anything, your business can almost run on autopilot if you have good, reliable people to run the day to day which is eventually what I got with my, my locations here in Philly. When I moved to Philly, it's, it took a really long time to get to this point because people and in, in, in human capital is super difficult, especially in this day and age, as many of you might relate to. Yeah. Um, but that's what I had to fight through. So in the meantime, I just, I had to learn more about this skill set and what I could offer small business owners, because those are the people that I wanted to work with. Those are the people I could relate to. And it allows me to be an entrepreneur and have those entrepreneurial conversations and high level consulting while also like tangible, um, you know, implement tangible tactics to help businesses get more clients from the internet. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love that advice. So, so what advice do you have to give someone who isn't a local business and can service, I'll say in air quotes, the anybody and the everybody's not that anybody can service anybody and everybody. If you're trying to do the anybody's and everybody's, it, it all comes down. What's that? <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. The only way it works is if you if you've developed a huge brand, but mm-hmm. developing a huge brand takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a lot of businesses, you got you got to focus on like a niche and a vertical or a certain segment of business and really drill down into that as to like defining your exact customer, uh, your target persona, and really like a vision and a strategy about how to capture their attention, especially online. It's, it's hard to do it in the offline world these days uh, as much as it used to be. So the digital way of targeting your exact customer is really what you need to focus on. But it is getting more expensive if you're talking about doing it in terms of like paid advertising, Google, Facebook, Instagram. You know, that's getting more complex, competitive, and expensive. So um, for, for us and our agency, we really take a custom approach to every business we work with. We don't have like a one-size-fits-all solution because that doesn't work for everybody. It's every business is unique and a lot of their customers are unique. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about starting out because being young, graduating from college, getting fired by what some would probably call a dream job working at Google, right? Yeah. How does one stay focused and disciplined? I mean, what, 10, 10 plus years later, you've built two seven figure businesses you're young and let's face it, you're in a really competitive arena yourself, you know? So, so how does one stay that course? How does one stay focused? (laughs) You might be asking the wrong guy. (laughs) (laughs) You might be asking the wrong guy. A lot of you listening, if you're an entrepreneur, especially like a, thoroughbred entrepreneur through and through we all have the shiny ball syndrome yep so it's like oh like i could make money doing like 
crypto or NFTs or e-commerce or coaching or like drop shipping or all these different things. Like there's so many different ways to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've made most of my mistakes in the last six years. Like I've been an entrepreneur for 10, 11 years. I didn't know what an entrepreneur was before getting to college and like, you know, joining a club about entrepreneurship. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, what's this word mean? I just thought it meant like being a business owner, but uh, being self-employed for the last six years since Google, you know, I haven't considered taking a job, even when I was like, you know, making tons of mistakes, not making much money, almost going broke because I was doing all the wrong things, not focusing. A lot of my biggest mistakes are either around like people or focus. It hasn't been around, you know, legal or finance or accounting or marketing or networking or any of those things. It's really been about focus because if you're trying to focus on more than one business at one time, especially getting started, that's not going to go well unless you have a bunch of capital and people around you to make it succeed already. Neither of which I had. I started both businesses with less than a thousand dollars because I didn't have a ton of capital and I wasn't trying to raise money and I didn't want to take on any debt. I didn't even have like a business bank account for either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like taking PayPal payments, like learning how to set up like an online, like, you know, payment system and all that. Um, but focus is so important. Discipline is also something I've never had a ton of. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to have focus and discipline as an entrepreneur. Uh, for me, it's been sheer determination. Like I use my energy and I channel my energy into betting on myself and challenging myself to learn something, try something, do something uh, to make myself successful and to bring in new customers and to service those customers the best I can. Um, But yeah, the the second thing, um, you know, that I like to say is if you're really getting into business and you're just starting out, um, it comes down to two things. Like it comes down to these main two resources. You either have time or you have money. And so a lot of you aren't going to have time, but you might have money saved up from your job or an inheritance or savings or whatever the case might be, where you can invest into, um, you know, a mentor or a coach or a financial planner or a marketing company. And you could focus on like the strategy and where you want to take the business and bringing on the right people. Uh, if you don't have the money, then you need to have the time. Mm-hmm. You need to make the time for yourself. And that's through um, you know, self-education, online education, you know, trying, testing, failing, all those different things, which is the route that I took. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, although you will keep a majority of your equity and you will not have <laughs> to spend a lot of money. Uh, you will go partly crazy in the process, but you're going to learn a ton. Mm, nice. So apparently I did ask the right guy. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think all entrepreneurs suffer from squirrel syndrome to where they're always chasing multiple balls simultaneously. Yeah. You know, today I own seven businesses. Uh, one of them is, is a thriving, strong seven-figure business. Another one is approaching seven figures. And then uh, all but one is a thriving, stable six-figure business. And, you know, I had a mentor teach me a long time ago, uh, there's three things businesses need, time, money, and customers. Yeah. And if you're missing one, use the other two to get it. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know, take any, you know, multi-successful entrepreneur, like we'll use Elon Musk, for example, mm -hmm. like they're not starting all those businesses at the same time. They're taking nope. one and building it. And then they're leveraging their time and money and connections to then invest that those resources into the next one. And then they rinse and repeat and you get better at it as the time goes on. So, you know, you know, what hurdles to jump over, you know, like what pitfalls to avoid, you know, what type of people to hire based off the initial questions and answers that you get. So you learn these things as you go and it's tough to learn things, you know, reading a book or even watching YouTube videos. Like sometimes, you know, myself as an example, I learned through trial and error because I need to get burnt to not touch that fire again. <laughs> Unfortunately, how I've always been. Um, but like, for example, in terms of focus back in 2018, both my businesses took a huge hit because I was doing way too much at once because mm -hmm. I was still on the traje trajectory of taking two businesses and going up while also spreading out into horizontals. Mm -hmm. uh, and those horizontals at that same time were me it's a really long story that I could probably use the entire hour to tell, but essentially I tried to start a blockchain conference company when that became a huge thing in 2018. And I did that only for the sense to generate a lot of revenue to, um, you know, be able to bring on more talent and afford my employees that I had just hired. Mm -hmm. um, after we lost like my most important person for the agency who just fell off the face of the earth, I've actually never heard from him again. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I started a big blockchain company, which, you know, crashed and burned so hard, you know, because crypto took a huge dive right after we started it. And mm -hmm. we raised a half a million dollars from the likes of like, you know, one of the main people of Wolfel Wall Street, like, you know, the um, Jordan and those guys. And then at the same time, I was taking an MBA course with the Goldman Sachs 10K SB program, not to plug that, but I don't know if anybody listening has taken that program or has heard about it. It's a phenomenal program. If you can make time for it, it's like a crash course MBA program using Babson College of Entrepreneurship curriculum. Yeah. And you use your local college, like I was at CCP College of uh, Community College of Philadelphia, and uh, you bring in other business coaches and professionals that are leading these courses, and you're in the uh, a cohort over like 12 weeks with 20 to 30 other small business owners, um, you know, who have been in business for a few years. So it's an amazing program. But at that same time, I was building Momentum Digital, Phone Repair Philly. I was running this blockchain conference as a CMO. And I was running this, this series called Small Business Saturday as the host every week. And I was just doing way too much. I'm sleeping three hours a night. I was burnt out. Didn't have time to even see my girlfriend. It was a mess. Wow. You know, you, uh, you brought up the whole concept of personal and professional development and reading books and doing YouTube. You know, there's, there's definitely merit between digesting podcasts and and watching YouTube videos and reading books or listening to books. And reality is that the number one common denominator in everything we do is us. So when things go good, we're the common denominator. That's the good news. The bad news is when things don't go, go good, we're the common denominator. Yeah. And so many people fail to realize that they need to diversify their personal and professional development 
from an aspect to, of self-consumption and consumption in environments where other people can interpret, poke, pry, interject, expose blind spots. You know, when we're part of the problem, we can never be part of the solution. And we're only capable of seeing, hearing, feeling, and thinking through our perspective. So I can appreciate that, that you know that you're the type of person that needs to get burnt in order to not touch that fire. However, do you also think there's probably more cost-effective, easier ways to do it so that you maybe don't have to fall as hard every time? What I learned throughout the process is connecting with mentors uh, who have been entrepreneurs, have, who have sold companies, are running bigger companies, and preferably that have had that facilitates some sort of arena of growth that I'm not familiar with based on their skill set. For example, um, my good friend Mark Snyderman's been a mentor to me for a, a few years now. And he's a lawyer and a business owner, and he's started and sold businesses. And he'll help me out. I can pick up the phone at any time and give him a call, and he'll give me advice and walk me through situations um, that I don't need to pay him for. And I would have paid him for, and I gladly offered to pay him. Mm -hmm. So if you can find those people, great. If not, offer to pay someone who can give you that advice, who's done it before, mm -hmm. uh, because that could save you tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, who knows, mm -hmm. uh, whether it comes to like liability, HR, um, even accounting, you know, bringing on an accountant's important, bringing on a lawyer's important, uh, bringing on someone for HR, especially in, you know, 2021, like, yeah. HR is becoming a nightmare for a lot of businesses. Um, so there's so many aspects that it's good to, to lean on somebody before like trying it and then learning the hard way because there's certain things you can do that with <laughs> and there's certain things you really can't. Like you could be put out of business if you, start, if you try things that have like a legal or accounting or I don't know, some sort of implicit thing yeah. that could make you go bankrupt or get you in a lawsuit or, or something. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a confusion out there about the difference between mentors and, and, and coaches and consultants and strategists, you know, in, in my humble opinion, a mentor is someone who has achieved what it is you, you're desiring to achieve and is willing to share some of their time and knowledge with you. Now, the problem with that is a lot of times they don't have a lot of time to share that time. And a lot of times there's a lack of accountability for the reception and application and implementation of the information because it was, I'll say in air quotes, free. So mm -hmm. people don't hold themselves as accountable. You know, it's like when people tell me, oh, can I pick your brain? And I'll look at them and go, yeah, you can pick my brain and there's a fee attached to it because you've got to have skin in the game. You yeah. know? And, and because reality is if you don't have skin in the game, then you're wasting your time and my time, right? And I learned a long time ago, time is money and money is time. Yeah. So will I help someone? I absolutely will help some, someone. And typically from the perspective of I get so vested with my clients, they get far more than what they invest in. And it's because they have skin in the game and I have skin in the game and I wanna make sure 
that I over deliver their expectations. I think accountability is probably the biggest thing. Um, and I, I love the term skin in the game. I use that a lot because the best decision, like earlier we talked about how people progress based on a huge setback or a huge push forward. Yeah. Um, you know, something tragic or monumental happening in their life. And so for many of us, we could have something shared in that regard, which was last year, you know, 2020 and COVID and everything happened. A majority of us listening probably have had something really good or really bad happen to us. Mostly bad, I'm assuming for a lot of people. Yeah. And it was bad for me too. And I'm getting to the point of skin in the game, which so you know, I, I had a bad place from 2018 and moving forward. I felt burnout after that. I was tired. I was run down. I had people leaving my companies because I was so distracted. You know, I'm doing way too many things and I'm not prioritizing the people around me and being a true leader, which then, you know, fed into 2019. You know, I tried to take some time off. I tried to get back on the bandwagon. I tried to like, you know, just get back to where I was. Um, because I, I'd flatlined at that point. And so, you know, at the end of 2019, I realized like I wasn't making any money. I wasn't paying myself anymore. Like I am burning cash. I'm, I'm tired. You know, I'm doing way too much on my own. And then at the end of 2019, I get hit with the attacks and IRS audit and that's going into 2020. And I'm like running through the books, like figuring out why I'm losing money and like now I owe a bunch of money and there's a lot of shit going on. And it's, I realized like I had a bunch of people stealing from all my retail shops. Like all my employees were basically stealing from me. Wow. And so I found, who, found out who the bad eggs were, fired them all and then realized I didn't have anybody to work. So then I was forced to work the retail shops as much as I could. And then COVID hit and then I had less people to work. So I'm like frantically trying to hire. I'm trying to build new operations, trying to figure out more HR stuff, trying to bring in more business. And that was one of those times where like my back was against the wall again. And this is a monumental negative shift that's happened to me. So what am I going to make of it? And what I did is I did what I finally needed to do. I put momentum, the agency on hold as much as I could in terms of like, I have clients with some account managers that are rinse and repeat, you know, we're doing fine monthly, but we're not bringing in much revenue at all, but enough to get the bills paid but it doesn't require much of my time. So I completely shifted like 90% of my time to the phone repair company because that one was floundering about to go out of business. Wow. And so in doing so, I completely turned around now that I had my full amount of energy because I believe in energy so much in life um, and, and how energy can captivate you as a person and really help you flourish and do the right things. And so I was able to completely invest myself and my energy back into the phone company and being able to focus on one thing, getting back to that, that focus term. Mm -hmm. um, it took me from, I think in January, 2020, we did 40,000 in revenue. And then by June, we did 120,000. Nice. Because I focused on operations, hiring, training, bookkeeping, accounting, uh, technology, marketing. I was able to focus on all those things within a few months and then getting to the main point, skin in the game. At the end of that 
period, I knew who stuck with me through all that bullshit. Yeah. And who was by my side and who worked hard and was responsible and reliable. And I said, I know you're 22, 23 years old, but I believe in you and you believed in me and you've been by my side and you deserve to have a part of this company. And I don't want anybody else to have a part of it, but you, and I believe in you and you believe in me. So let's do this. I'm going to give you some skin in the game. You don't need, you don't need to owe me anything. You've already paid your dues. Here's some equity. Here's some profit share. You're running this thing with me. Shake hands, drop the contract, focus back over to momentum, huge energy switch. Yeah. I've got all the tools in place. This shop's running smooth, back over to momentum. Did the same thing with Sean. It's like, you believed in me, I believed in you. Skin in the game, you've been loyal, you're responsible, you're hardworking. Sean's literally, we're the same person. Sean and I are the same person, yeah. which, isn't, which isn't always great in business. Nope. You kind of want to have like a counterpart. Uh, him and I are like such sales and marketing guys. Um, but we try to bring other people in the team around us who aren't necessarily the same as us, who can kind of counterbalance and, and Sean's mm -hmm. been a saving grace and God bless him. He's like a brother to me now. So skin in the game, focus, you know, those are all good terms. So let's talk about, you know, we, we, we talked about the F-bomb of business and that's the failure, right? Let's talk about the S&M of business and that's the sales and marketing. You know, it's two things that people never talk about in a positive, right? Uh, they always reference sales as, oh, I don't like to sell or I'm not good at sales or I don't sell or I can't sell. And in the marketing, you know, the marketing, it's this big word that's so daunting and intimidating to people. Most don't even know what it is, how to do it, or when times are bad, they pull back and marketing is one of the first things they cut. Or when times are good and they're busy, they pull back because marketing is one of the first things they cut because they can't take any more activity. Right, right. So, so you know. Sell without selling is, 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 is something what we'll get into in a little bit because I love asking our expert guests uh, their, their definition of selling without selling. However, I think marketing is a key part of it and so many confuse the two. So many think they're synonymous and they're really not. Right. So you're a marketing guru. I mean, come on, you got fired from Google. You gotta be good at it. <laughs> So, so can you educate our listeners on why small business owners, entrepreneurs need to market and how to market, whether they have money or not? Marketing for small businesses is one of the most difficult things because it comes back to those two main resources, which is time and money. Mm -hmm. Small business owners rarely have time. We all know that. In money, money is always tight. Even if they're doing well, the ones who are doing well, like uh, technically a small business could be anywhere from like 250,000 to some say 25 million annually. Yep. It's a huge sector of business. That's like 95% of all businesses kind of fit within that sector. Mm -hmm. A lot of people listening are probably within that sector too. So when it comes down to marketing, it's really tough because in the beginning, it needs to be about you figuring out who immediately chose your business. Why did you go into business? Why did you go into business? Who are you helping? 
Did you, did you help a friend for the first time? Did you work for somebody else and then start your own thing? Mm -hmm. Who frequented that previous business that you worked at? What type of person were they? Do you want to attract that same type of person? Are you having the same conversation with a similar person? Because marketing is really about like the right message to the right person at the right time. That's what people say. Um, and, you know, marketing synonymous with a lot of different things. And it's similar to uh, advertising. It's similar to promotions. Uh, it has to do with price, you know, product placement, all these different things. But marketing really comes down to like understanding your customer and why they would want to choose your business. And then really just getting in front of them and getting their attention with the right message at the right time. And, and that's what a lot of people say. But to me, like when I think about my businesses, marketing is going to be different for everyone and everybody's type of business. Like I'll give you two examples, just using my companies for phone repair, Philly, that's a local service business providing an immediate on demand service, meaning a customer has a problem that they need fixed, you know, soon, yeah. we'll see soon. So you're walking along, you drop your phone, it breaks. You can only see and use half the screen. <laughs> you're going to try to Google like where you can get it fixed, or you're going to ask your friend. So what you need to do as a business owner, I know my customers are dropping and breaking devices. So now I need to think through what's their next action. Mm -hmm. They're either going to try to Google something, but if their phone's broke, sometimes they can't, mm -hmm. or they're going to contact their carrier, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, or if they have Apple, an iPhone, they're going to go to Apple, or they're going to ask a friend or whoever's around that. Mm -hmm. So really that's, you put yourself in the shoes of your target market. And then you think through, and then also try to get some like, you know, customer feedback asking around like, oh, what would you do? How would you react? all these different things. Um, so for the phone repair industry, I learned that's what people typically do. So what's that help me with for marketing? Well, I need to show up at the top of Google and I need to have good reviews and make it easy for people to see my pricing, my locations, and how to get in contact with me. Second thing I do with the carrier stores, I go to all the carrier stores, I give them donuts and pretzels and business cards and stuff like that. With Apple, there's not much I can do with Apple. They're the, they're the, the behemoth. Um, but with Apple, I try to get PR and I'm, I'm supporting the Right to Repair Act, which is a movement throughout the nation because Apple has a stronghold on the industry to not allow independent and third-party repair shops fix devices. And so this is more of a PR political initiative. Mm -hmm. So those are really the main things I think about. And then it just comes down to service. So once you get customers in the door through those, you know, I've, Four different marketing means there. So once I get them in the, in the door, then you got to have a good experience. So experience is also part of the marketing. You need to have brand loyal, uh, brand loyalty and, and repeat customers in business. That's so mm -hmm. important for every business. Uh, for the marketing agency, we don't run any paid advertising. We don't, we hardly run any ads. Um, I'm not looking for that type of customer. I'm looking for a customer. I'm selective into to who we work with. We want to work with customers that are mostly through referral, word of mouth, networking. I want to work with somebody that I can have a relationship with because I'm a consultant at the end of the day. Yeah. So I like to think about how customers find me and how they would choose me for any type of business, because that's one of the first things you need to think through. 
how they find you, why they would choose you, and why they would come back to you. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things you would want to think about as a business owner. I think that's great advice. So so looking at your your typical entrepreneur, I mean, you know, you we we have a lot of listeners who are direct salespeople. We have a lot of listeners who are the self-employed, the solo the the solopreneur. What's your recommendation to them? Because you know, you said earlier paid advertising is getting more expensive. And and we know that that there's this organic ability. However, algorithms really control that organic marketing, right? Right. So how can people who are just starting out that don't have the the thousands of dollars to throw at ads, what are some things that, that they can do? If I can take a second to try to relate to them as a consultant and an entrepreneur, yep. I try to put myself back in, in my shoes where I was in 2015, starting the marketing agency, which was basically me being a marketing consultant. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, obviously it's different for everybody based on like their industry and who they're serving. And, you know, for our agency, we don't, we don't have a one size fits all solution, but to answer your question, I didn't know. I didn't know at first. All I knew and all many of you know is you throw stuff at the wall and sees what what sticks. But what I really mean by that is you need to find the outlets that you can reach the quickest Mm -hmm. to have an immediate result and impact to find out if it's working. So obviously you have the social medias. You're posting to all your different social medias. You're trying direct outreach, Instagram outreach. Uh, You're using LinkedIn, building out your profile. Uh, maybe upgrade to Sales Navigator. You're reaching out to a bunch of people. You're attending networking events. You're signing up for a bunch of networking events, things of that nature. I mean, that's what you have to do as a consultant. And then you find out which one of these avenues is generating a return. You find out what type of customer is hiring you based on these outlets. And then you just try to double, triple down from there. Um, There's really no main solution. If we do want to talk about paid advertising and what I like right now, uh, big fan of YouTube ads. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So this, this I, I'd love to go a little deeper than this, Mac. You know, for 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 me, I, I've shared with our listeners time and time again, I've built two seven-figure businesses, 100% of word-of-mouth marketing. You know, as a matter of fact, I wasn't on the internet till like 2018, maybe, maybe. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I didn't need to. I built two yes. seven-figure businesses from from just people, uh, from getting to know people. And I wasn't on social media until right before the pandemic. Ironically, I had hired a social media team two and a half months before the pandemic ever hit. And just like my podcast, uh, we started planning my podcast uh, November 2019. We scheduled it to release uh, April 2020. And then the pandemic hit. And it was like, everybody's like, oh, wow, you started your podcast because of the pandemic. Uh, No, (laughs) I started my podcast because it just seemed like the next thing to do. It was time to go digital. So my recommendation is, is before you really do anything, Connect with someone who's an expert in it because you can spray and pray. You can show up and throw up. And reality is 
I think probably one of the biggest profit leaks in business is marketing, yeah. either in time or money. Because if you're going to the wrong networking events, well, you're leaking time and time's a finite resource. If you're, I don't know, deploying a blog strategy or deploying a YouTube strategy or deploying any type of organic or paid strategy, you have time and or money involved in both of those. And if, if you're doing it through your knowledge, reading a book or studying on the internet or whatever, you're, you may be getting skewed perspectives because we learned a long time ago, just because it's on Google doesn't mean it's accurate, right? <laughs> so, so I would highly recommend, highly recommend reaching out to a few consultants, a few experts, interviewing them, finding out where the connection is, and then hiring them. And I'll be completely transparent. Mac and Sean are the guys that I chose to take my SEO to the next level because I do what I do best. And then I hire the best to do the rest. That's always been my philosophy. If I even attempted to try to do what you guys do, it would take me a thousand times longer. And my time's money. I'd rather take that time and apply it to do what I love to do, because I sure the hell don't know what you do. <laughs> I want to add to that, because that's a good point. I think it's better. Um, I agree with talking to somebody who's done it before, who's in your industry or similar industry, who's successful, but then applying. So people are different and people work in different ways and have different skill sets. So if you take that incongruence with mm -hmm. under, I, I think one of the biggest things with entrepreneurs, and I talk about this all the time is self-awareness. Yeah entrepreneurs need to be very self-aware because there's so many different types of entrepreneurs. Um, you know, if you read like the e-myth, you'll, you'll learn about like, there's different types of entrepreneurs who are good at certain things. Like, are you the technician? Are you like a salesperson? Like, what are you good at? So for me in marketing myself, like, let's say as a consultant and for people who are listening, who might be consultants or sole proprietors, marketing is essential in any business for the most part. I mean, maybe not government, but um, marketing is so essential. But if you're a sole proprietor, you know, solopreneur, you know, consultant, whatever. And Gary Vee likes to talk about this too. What marketing can come down to so many different angles, so many different platforms. Um, you know, you have in-person or you have online. So you need to also think about what you're best at. Are you really good at talking to people in person and making those connections, you know, joining business networking groups and chamber of commerce and all those different things? Are you better at um, giving speeches and presentations to the SBDC or live conferences or things like that? Are you better at Twitter and like, you know, leading your voice and spreading messages and really building a following on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? Are you great on video and creating and editing, editing videos with YouTube or writing blogs and SEO? It really comes down to what you're good at and then talking with that coach or that mentor and, and finding out what worked for them, what angles they focused on and what they were really good at and what advice they have for you. 
And, you know, I'd like to hit on that, that whole congruence thing and self-awareness thing is hyper key. I mean, let's face it, it is what I focus on, right? Because everywhere you go, that's where you're at. You're the common denominator in everything in life. And when we don't know what we don't know, we don't know what we're bringing to the equation. And, you know, that zero to seven time frame, uh, science has proven that's our imprint time and who you were as a child is where you are as an adult. And, and what people don't realize is those arguments our parents had about money or the not being allowed to talk about money or the lack of communication in a family dynamic, all of that is going to show up as an adult. And you know, you're, you're taught through, or some of us are taught throughout our whole life, fake it till you make it. Well, reality is if you take that imprint time period and then add on to it the incongruency, the lack of authenticity of the fake it till you make it, throw energy in there and people can't connect with you. They don't know why they're not connecting with you. Something's just not feeling right. Yeah. So for these people who are trying to be who they think their prospective client needs them or wants them to be, all you're doing is spewing incongruencies and lack of authenticity, and they'll never connect with you. Be you, be true to you, be aware, understand that everything that comes out of your mouth is a choice. Every action you take is a choice. Remove all the excuses from the equation and just allow yourself to get into action and get the hell out of your way period. You know, I had somebody call me and say, I really want to be on your podcast because you're really crass and you're really hardcore and you just say it the way it is. And I laughed and I said, never really looked at myself as crass or hardcore. I'm just matter of fact, time's money. Why am I going to ever allow someone to waste their time if I can just make a comment and make them go, oh, that makes sense, right? But yeah, I've been defined as crass. I've been defined as hardcore. Reality is I'm just real. What you see is what you get, period. Some people try too hard. And I know you're going to ask me. <laughs> I know you're going to ask me, what does it mean to sell without selling? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it means. Yeah. Because people are going to, if you sell somebody and you're not authentic, they're going to find out later. It's going to come out. And not only are you going to lose that customer, you're going to lose any potential of getting their friends, yeah. their customers. And your best customer is the one that you have and doing a great job for them because they're going to sell for you. And that's how you built your business. That's how I built my business. And that's how you should build any business since the beginning of time. Yeah. There's no better marketing and advertising than word of mouth. That's never going to change. And so to sell without selling is just being true, being a good person, being genuine, being yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. Do the right things and do as much as you can and do your best. And business is just going to, it'll just keep coming in. Referrals, yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, I'd like to, to say one other thing on this congruency and, and authenticity, you know, so that there's so many people out there that are going to judge you. And when we go global, when we go 
on the internet, when we expose ourselves and become vulnerable, the people who need you are going to hear you. The people who you really trigger are going to project on you. <laughs> They're going to leave their nasty comments. You know, I, I see it all the time. Like I've had people say, oh, you took, a, you read a Tony Robbins book, good for you. You know what, I've been doing this like three years short of what Tony's been doing this. I do this a lot differently than Tony does this. We're certified in the same things. And I turned around and told the guy, this tells me a lot about you and nothing about me. I, you know, we, we have people who will project nastiness on anything that we do when we vulnerably put ourselves out there. Pay attention to your path, pay attention to your focus, pay attention to your dreams and goals and just know that something you did, something you said, triggered them and hit them hard and they had to project it out on you because you made them look at them. So you really did what it was you set out to do and keep doing it because it means you're touching people. You almost got to feel bad for them too. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) your negativity is only hurting, they're hurting themselves with negativity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Mac, welcome to the random round. Since you've already answered the signature question of the show, (laughs) welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues and I like to ask, specific questions to our expert guests so our listeners can turn around and go, you know what? I really want to apply that to my life. So I have a few questions for you. Question number one, what's your morning ritual look like? Morning ritual. uh, I get to it as fast as I can. Nice. I get to it as fast as I can. I don't necessarily have a ritual. Um, I love to sleep. I, I don't sleep a lot, but I do love to sleep. So um, I try to get up as soon as the alarm goes off. If I can wake up before the alarm, great. Get out of bed, hit the shower. I, I don't meditate. I don't work out in the morning. I'm not a morning workout person. I'm not a morning person in general. Um, I typically just make moves immediately, get to the office, get online, get a cup of coffee, answer my emails, and then go into the rest of the day. I work out at night. Um, my, I, I have more of a night ritual than a morning ritual, I'd say. <laughs> Okay, so what's your evening ritual then? There's no right or wrong. Uh, work until about seven or eight, uh, back when networking was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then, then network, like go to an event or something. If I don't go to an event, then um, I'm going to the gym, uh, going home, making food, getting on my computer for like an hour. That's when I get get some work done that I was too busy and distracted through the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe do a little research, find out something new, uh, throw in like a show, go to bed, um, relax, meditate, fall asleep. Nice. Listen to uh, like podcasts or audiobooks in the gym. Nice. That's awesome. So my next random round question for you is what's your favorite word and why? Huh. Momentum. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. Why is that your favorite word? Not only because it's my company name. Yeah. 
I really believe in it. Like mm -hmm. it's such a thing. Like if you watch sports, momentum is a real thing. And I think it has a lot to do with energy. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously I, I talked about energy a lot. And so I believe energy uh, and momentum, there's a congruence there. Like we've been saying congruence. And so you can feed off of the energy to build momentum and that can carry you. And so momentum has a lot to do with discipline though. And that's one thing I'm trying to get better at, which is why I brought Sean's really disciplined. Luke, you might've talked to is really disciplined. So I bring people on who are really disciplined. I'm more strategy, big picture type mm -hmm. of stuff. And so I try to build a team around me. That's good at things that I've like, if you, if you ask what I was like from zero to seven years old, I was not very disciplined, a little rambunctious kid. That's just like fun and curious and likes trying yeah. new things. So exactly who you've become today. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, and it served you well. Last random round question. And I love asking this to people who I know uh, will stumble over it because, oh, no. uh, <laughs> because of how much they actually do. So what's your favorite book and why? Ah, it's really tough. I really like the E-Myth. Mm. I really like Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, great classics. What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm, that's a good book too. You know, Mac, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I know how crazy your schedule is. If our listeners want to find you, follow you, connect with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Google me. Mac Frederick. <laughs> Google you. I love it. <laughs> Google me. Mac Frederick. You'll find my website. You'll find Momentum site. You'll find Phone Repair Philly. You'll find my Instagram, my Facebook, my LinkedIn. I have a pretty unique name. So just Google me, Mac Frederick. You got it. I appreciate that. Your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing, and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon.
Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.